12 months ago, we we were bold as bouncer that we, we could not play and we didn't know how to deal with it. And we, we kept pressing the pause button and delaying start dates and got some cricket going. 12 months on, we know a lot more and we're in a much better position so we can, we can plan and, and deal with things. Uh, and it's proven that cricket's safe. Welcome to the Cricket Scotland podcast. I'm Jake Perry. And I'm Rosie Ryan. And it's a different slot for us this week. It is. Yes, here we are on a Tuesday after the social media blackout over the the long weekend. Uh, It was really great, though, to hear all the news of the friendly fixtures that were starting to be played. And you got to see some games yourself on Sunday. Yes, I did. Um, I was at the regional under-18s girls fixtures, which kicked off this weekend. I coached the Western Warriors girls along with Ramzan and uh, managed to come away with, the, the Warriors came away with two wins at Strathmore, which was uh, really, really good. However, I guess the bigger picture is that it was just great to see some cricket getting played. Um, and from, for the regional age group girls, you know, it's, it's great to just manage to get them playing cricket, um, which Gordon Drummond has tirelessly worked hard to get arranged um you know, with all the, the COVID kind of guidelines and things like that. It's a fantastic show uh, from, from the girls from Cali as well. So nice to see some some new faces and also some some faces that, uh, you know, I've seen over the years and things. So it's fun. Oh, brilliant. Congratulations on your winning start. And one really important announcement that you may have seen over the last week as well, which was the, the publication of the fixtures for the Women's Premier League and Beyond Boundary Scottish Cup. Yeah, so we were obviously delighted to get those uh, fixtures out this week and and I guess um, just getting clubs ready and and just getting them to start thinking about Women's Premier League. Every year it kind of grows a little bit more and I I can't wait to be playing myself if I'm honest. (laughs) So uh, I look forward to not having any Sundays again and I think that's, uh, that's always good when we get into this time of year and your Sundays start to disappear, especially if you're involved with women and girls cricket. Uh, Sundays seem to be the day. Um, so yeah, really exciting. We've obviously got seven, got seven teams um, entered this year. So I'm just, you know, really excited to see what who each team have in their squads at the moment and see the girls that are coming through the pathways and things like that. Um, even if they're in the opposite team, they can smash me around the park because I'll still get excited about it, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I wrote the preview and just kind of heightened my excitement for what's coming up as well. Um, I mean, Edinburgh South, Stuart's Melville are going to be are going to be very strong again, I'm sure. Um, that opening game against Carlton is going to be a real cracker. Uh, but it'd be fascinating to see how a, a another name uh, fares in their first season in the Scottish Cup. Yes, I know. Grange Cricket Club have decided to enter and make their mark in the Beyond Boundary Scottish Cup, which is extremely exciting. And I've said it before and I'll say it again, you know, it's just great that clubs are growing um, more and more and and within their women and girls uh, base. You know, we have a lot of hope for the future again when when, when we get these girls coming through. So it's just really exciting. and yeah there's going to be there's going to be some competition in there and actually it's great because we have the the quarterfinals which has got um normally it's still got seven teams in it 
and and one gets like a a buy through into the the you know the semi-finals just straight away whoever that may be and we've not had that this year because obviously teams have have gone in for it so um yeah it's look that's always an exciting time because you never know and and teams really get together and make an effort to get their strongest teams out um which is always very competitive uh, for that scottish cup uh win so yeah I, I just again i can't wait to get going just praying for for amazing weather yet again well, we'll be there on the Cricket Scotland podcast every step of the way. And for all the men's league and cup action too, of course, do check out the feature on the women's fixtures on the website. And a terrific piece from Gary Heatley too with today's very special podcast guest. This is the first time we've had the chance to interview Cricket Scotland CEO Gus Mackay in the 18 months or so that he's been in post. Says it all about what's been happening recently and the unprecedented challenge that he's faced. But it was so good to finally have the opportunity to do so. As you'll hear, we talked about a wide range of issues, but I began by asking him for his impressions of what can't have been the easiest of starts to his time in Scotland. No, it's not, and I think it's actually coming on more like eighteen months, but probably feels a lot longer than that. Um, but what I will say, I do do feel very much ingrained in in the Scottish way of life, which I'm thoroughly enjoying. Uh, the only bit that's missing for me is is the cricket. Um, so yeah, I suppose when I look back from when I started in October um, nineteen, and I went to Dubai to see the team play, sort of after being in post a, a week. Uh, it seems a long time ago and a lot has happened since then, obviously out of our control. But uh, yeah, it's. Um, I think it's given me a good idea of where we're at as, a, as an organisation. Um, and as I say, the, the missing part of the jigsaw is just, is just the actual playing of some cricket. Can you give us a little insight into what's been happening behind the scenes in these, these last 13 months or so? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's been tough. Let's not underestimate that, you know, any... Any CEO running any organisation or boards responsible in any organisation, whether that be sport or in the commercial world and corporate world, it's 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 been tough, and we've had to we've had to think on our feet and outside of our box, if I'm honest with you, Jake. And uh, you know, I think it's it really makes you think and evaluate where you are as a business uh, and what you're trying to achieve. So, I think we've done things that in normal times we probably wouldn't have done or had a chance to do. And I probably look at the, the match officials. Uh, and how we've brought those two organisations together um, is some, a piece of work that has been fantastic that probably we wouldn't have had time to do in normal times. So that's one sort of example. The other example is is around just having a look at the business and how, how we operate and, and our cost base. Because um, I think when, when things are going well, you just tend to just carry on as normal. Um, no, I'm not saying hope for the best, but everything's good and money's coming in and you're playing games and all the rest of it. But actually, it was an opportunity to, re- to reset because we had to. Um, and therefore, you know, unfortunately, there were some casualties uh, around a restructuring redundancies, which was, you know, probably one of the toughest decisions I've had to make in my 20, 20 years sort of sports administration career. But with a plan in place that we could ensure the long-term survival of the organisation and put us in a better position going forward. And I think... Um, you know, if we hadn't made those tough decisions, it would only have got harder down the line. 
the realities of the pandemic have been things that everybody's been living through and waiting for the government guidance um, for all matter, all manner of aspects of their of their lives. But specific to cricket, there's been a a lot of lobbying behind the scenes to try to get get cricket going again, um, which maybe people don't really realise. Yeah, and you know, every day has been different um, because things change as this pandemic uh, works its way around the world globally. So domestically locally but then internationally things things change on a daily basis so you know we've been very lucky with our relationships with government and sports scotland to be able to work very closely with them um you know and i think i've said this already but you know 12 months ago we we were bold as bouncer that we we could not play and we didn't know how to deal with it and we we kept pressing the pause button and delaying start dates and got some cricket game 12 months on we know a lot more and we're in a much better position so we can we can plan and, and deal with things uh, and it's proven that cricket's safe, um, but it's all the the peripheral stuff that that causes the challenges of logistics, of getting people to the venues, making sure protocols are in place. Um, so I think we've we've done a really good job, and particularly uh, you know the team behind the scenes, all the leadership team, and particularly Paul Macari, who uh, has bec- become our COVID guru, as I call him. And it's about being common sense as well. Um, so we've we've worked really hard behind the scenes. I'm just pleased we're we're there, and I'm not saying that it's all going to be plain sailing from now on, because there will be some curveballs and more bounces bold as we go through the season. But hopefully, you know, from this weekend onwards, we we can see some green shoots to recover. Yeah, I mean, as you say, there's been a long road to get to this point, but it's great to be able to have some really positive news to talk about with the um, fixtures for for the men's and women's national teams and uh, the the return of club cricket on the imminent horizon as well. Yeah, and, you know, I think, you know, the, the club stuff, you know, what I've been impressed with is that the, the, the clubs and the community of cricket has, has hung in there, as frustrated as they've, they've all been. And, you know, I, I've been frustrated as well. You know, I played a couple of charity games last year, but, you know, I just it's frustrating for everyone, but, but they've hung in there. And I think, you know, the, the, the actual impact of COVID won't be known until the end of the season until we understand how many have dropped off which clubs have struggled um, because they've lost players. So, you know, I'm still quietly confident that uh, numbers will be there or thereabouts in terms of participation. And I think people just want to get going. So so that's domestically, um, which is, I think, is in a, in a good place. And it's now up to the clubs and officials and everyone involved in the game to make sure that we, we abide by the protocols and make it happen. Um, internationally, men's and women's is, is a real challenge for us. Um, with isolations, bias, bubbles, secure units, call them what you want, but it's the travel. Um, it's the red list countries, the green countries, and it's changing daily. So, you know, hopefully uh, things will improve. But um, that's our, probably our biggest challenge is the, is the international stage. Um, we've got, uh, we'll be announcing something for the women very shortly. Uh, we've also got the men off to the Netherlands. Um, but we're working hard behind the scenes to deliver some international cricket because, you know, our men have not played since December 2019 and the, and the women since August 2019. Um, and in a big year for both teams, we need cricket. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I mean, as I was uh, discussing with the men's squad in the, the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, we're in totally uncharted territory in the way that international sport completely shut down over the, the, the previous year. It's it's a bit mind blowing thinking about 
where you begin and restarting from that. So, so what's been been your first priority as as CEO? Yeah, I mean, I, look, I mean, it's really interesting. I mean, I think you know, as I said, I've been involved in in, in sport, professional sport, for sort of twenty years now in administration, and it's always been a a, a place that's been relatively secure and and been untouched from recessions and downturns in economies, but you know for it to be hit like it has sports always been seen as a go-to for people you know where they get out of the office and they go to and it's it's great but to, for sport to have been hit in the way that it has has really opened everyone's eyes so you know our priority you know we've 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 just tried to get cricket going and we've had you know you know th- two attempts to get the women in ireland together in spain and travel restrictions so we just have to break it down as sort of what can we do that's within our control? Um, but the biggest challenge we've got, Jake, is that, is that all these additional costs that come into play now because, you know, from, um, you know, sharing of rooms, hotel accommodation is now single occupancy because of COVID regulations, uh, additional testing, potential quarantining. So you've now got these additional costs that, that you didn't have in the past. Um, so, we, you know, we had to make some cuts and do things differently. If we look a little beyond the immediate situation, the sort of medium to long-term ambition of Cricket Scotland remains unchanged to achieve full member status and so unlock the, the extra funding that that will bring to take our work to that that next level in development and, and, and so on. We're a good way along the road to achieving that already, but where do the priorities lie in taking those those final steps, do you think? I mean, you know, that's a really good question. And I suppose, you know, when I walked into to, to the organization, you know, 18 months ago, you know, we were, I think, four, four areas that we needed to tick off um, to, to get that application in for that full member status. And, uh, you know, that was winning some more games in the men's uh, against full members. Um, the the women qualifying uh, for ICC events. Um so that hasn't happened, you know. If we'd if we'd had a normal year and we'd 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 beaten New Zealand and Australia and gone to the World Cup and, and done some stuff, you know, a different game. So it has set us back a bit, but we still are on that journey to doing that, um, and and we remain focused on that because that is what we need to do. Because as we know, and as I've said, that you know, the full member status is is a game changer for everyone from, you know grassroots cricket right through to the international teams and across cricket in Scotland is it's, it is a game changer financially and the things that we'd be able to do so you know that's still very much in our in our minds but the immediate short term is getting cricket back up and running for those international teams to be able to give us that opportunity to tick off those remaining boxes. Yeah I mean as you mentioned a, a massive part of that is the future development of the of the women's game particularly towards qualifying for a for a world cup um i mean there's been an awful lot of coverage of the situation in in brazil bhutan and so on and the way that they've been able to put women's cricket at the top of their respective pyramids uh, seeing the games the way to to sort of establish themselves uh, within the the wider global game obviously cricket scotland is in a very different position to that for a number of reasons but when we look at the the most famous example in thailand um, who've got to where we need to be in quite a short space of time. I mean, how best do we approach the challenge of competing on what is increasingly a less than level playing field? Yeah, 
you know, and I, I think you know, women's sport in general uh, across the globe has really kicked on uh, in leaps and bounds, which is it's just great to see, and the opportunities that sport has created for for women and for, for girls um, is amazing. And particularly when you look at cricket, if you if you're half talented and you work hard, you can be playing for your country probably very very quickly. And I think cricket gives that opportunity to do it quicker than probably some other sports. So there's a huge opportunity there for for, for the women's game in Scotland. Um, and, you know, I think where we've got to with this is strategically, the women have a very important part to play in, in getting us on that road to full member state, uh, status. Um, and hence the reason why we've we've invested in a, in a full-time coach in, in Mark Coles. Um, you know, one of the things that we did and took was was feedback from the squad as to what they, what they really wanted. And, and, you know, it was more, it wasn't about being on a par with the men in terms of contracts and things like this was about, we need, we need more coaching and we need more resource. So we've done that. Um, and I'm pleased to say that Mark is, is in place and uh, getting to grips with things. And, you know, example of that, he was yesterday morning, he was coaching some of, some of the women uh, before they went to work or, or went to, to education um so things like that are starting to happen so what we need to do is we need to invest more time and energy over the next 12 to 18 months into the women's game which we're doing um and i think we'll start to then reap those uh, those rewards very very quickly um because uh i've been lucky enough last weekend to see the a game a side player down in in, in uh, England in that competition, and undoubtedly, you know, there is a lot of talent there. It's just got to be nurtured uh, and, and taken in the right direction. And of course, we're we're lucky with two, yeah, uh, Catherine and Sarah Bryce, who are sort of leading the way and showing what can be done as for, for Scotland. And, and you know, people are looking up to them and saying, "Well, I actually want to be like them and and play for Scotland and have a long career." Yeah, well, it's a. Another big year for the team with the European qualifier um, for the Women's T20 World Cup coming up and another great opportunity to, to market the women's game um, as well. You know, you've also got the you know the Commonwealth Games qualifier as well, which mm. will be uh, announced as to when that is. But, you know, that, that'll be tough. Uh, but as I said to Mark, you know, we've, we've got a plan for that because, you know, we get through that in August next year in Birmingham, we could be playing against the seven best teams in the world. I mean, what a great occasion and a great opportunity for the women's game uh, as part of Team Scotland to be to be involved in that. So, a lot of work to do to qualify. It'll be tough, but uh, you know, let's give ourselves the best chance to get there. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's a massive year for the men as well, of course. T20 World Cup is on the horizon and then the possibility of another two World Cups in, in two years. So, we've gone from famine to potential feast. Yeah, yeah, we have, and that's what's exciting. And, you know... We, I suppose the other thing, what um, what the this period of no cricket has allowed us to do, it's allowed to just really evaluate where the where the men's squad is and what we need to do and achieve. So, you know, worked very closely with with Shane Berger as head coach and the, and the team to really identify what we need and what it looks like. Um, and again, the commitment from from all the players, both men's and women's, to the cause is brilliant. And I always I always will always talk about wearing the badge. Um, and we have players who, who certainly do that and want Scottish cricket to just flourish over the next few years because it's uh, it's like climbing the mountain. We're at the bottom, we're looking up, we're probably halfway up, we want to get to the top because once we get to the top, it'll be uh, a fantastic feeling and achievement. 
it's it's been really great to have the opportunity to chat and uh you know thank you for all the insights that you've given um i guess your immediate hope is to to add to the one day of cricket you've been able to see in scotland so far uh, in your your time as ceo but what's your biggest hope for cricket in scotland as a whole my um my, my biggest hope for if i take the short term of the summer is that we can have we can get back to some normality uh on on the domestic front uh, that's both uh, club cricket, junior cricket, school cricket, um, and and our regional program uh, that that goes um, as smoothly as possible. Um, and I've said this: the game is safe. I think you know, let's get the game on. Um, so you know, change rooms and teas and all that sort of stuff. I think is secondary, but it's about turning up in your whites and, and, and getting the game on. So fingers crossed, we have a have a good season. Um, there and in terms of the international stuff is, is just getting these tournaments going and getting cricket for the national team and that, that has some, some challenges and I hope that we can deliver at least uh, our World Cup Cricket League 2 games uh, the qualifiers for the women um, we're just looking at a potential of maybe a full member uh, later in the summer and then from there into next year is obviously building on what we do having a good World Cup uh, that takes us into the next World Cup, T20 World Cup. Um, but then looking at the bigger picture stuff of how we we just continue to grow the game, looking at facilities uh, is important um, and seeing where we are with maybe hosting some events in the future in the next uh, right cycle, 23 to 30. Um, but to do that, you know, we've, we've got a lot of work to do around facilities and stuff. So look, there's plenty of opportunity the passion and enthusiasm in Scotland is one that has, has blown me away uh, and a lot of committed people. Um, and the game in Scotland is bigger than what people think and know. And it's up to us to have more days like uh, we did a few years ago when we beat England, have more successful days that raises the profile of the game in Scotland. And that's my sort of goal and ambition. Gus Mackay. Here's hoping that those bounces he talked about can be kept to a minimum and we can get even closer to normality as time goes on. Yes, yeah, some really interesting points uh, Gus made there. And, and you know, again, looking, can't wait to have more of a normal season this year. And I'm sure he'll enjoy going to, to more and more games um, throughout the season. So, yeah, great yeah, stuff. Most definitely. Well, that's it for the Cricket Scotland podcast for another week. Uh, thanks again to Gus and to you once again for listening. Until next time, from Jake and me, goodbye.